Man, again, it is so good to see you this morning. Thank you, bro. It is so good to see you this morning. Man, I believe this. For right now, man, no better place to be than right here, right now, and be together as a church and as family and brothers and sisters in Christ. And we just, we look to God Almighty for answers in life. And man, I am just excited to see you this morning. And whether you're here, whether you're first time here, maybe you've heard an ad on the radio or somebody invited you to say, hey, he's talking about marriage, come and just, just hear about it. Man, I'm just, I'm glad that you're here this morning. We welcome you, um, your guest here in this house. And man, I just, I want to, I want to just kind of get into this. And, but I'm asking that you, 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 you hear this today. We're going to go and speak to singles quite a bit. And then we're going to go and we're going to speak to those who are married and man, we, we're going to look at some things and dive into some things and say, okay, how does this apply to me here and now, whether I'm single, and how does this apply to me even in marriage? Whether you've been married for, for two days or whether you've been married for 25 years or 40 years or 50 years or whatever that would look like. Man, I want this to, to be resonating in your spirit as, man, we want to be the example of Christ in the church. That's what marriage is. Right, we want to be that example. And that can even take part, watch this, you're going to hear it, even when you're single, you need to pay attention, man, I want you here. And if you're single, man, marriage series is for you. The way we roll at Believer's Chapel, man, we want you to set it up right and understand marriage before you make that commitment. And, and no, I do want to be married one day, but man, I want to make it good. And man, I want it to be blessed. And man, I want it to be right. And man, I want it to be God, for God to do some amazing work in a, in a male and a female in marriage. And I want that. Like, nobody goes into marriage and goes, ah, this is just going to stink. Like, nobody, you shouldn't do that if you are doing that. I don't know what to tell you. Like, sirs, if you're at the altar going, oh, this is just going to blow. Like, okay, well, that, you know, whoo, we should stop right there and say, let's figure that out, right? Let's not go forward. Don't say the I do's, put a break, and let's, let's not be miserable for the rest of our lives, right? Last week, we looked at this, man. Last week, we started this, and we looked at Genesis 1, and we, 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 we tried to say, okay, what does it mean that marriage is blessed, Right, God said that marriage is blessed. This whole series is called Blessed. It's our marriage series. And, and we looked at this from Genesis 1 and said, okay, and God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. God blessed them. He took a male and a female. Marriage is between a man and a woman. Please hear me. God has the authority to define marriage. Government doesn't define marriage. Mankind does not define marriage. It is God Almighty who defines marriage. And God defined marriage as a woman and a man period. And that's what marriage is. So when we're defining marriage, please be very clear. This is how we roll. This is what we see from scripture. God's the one that has the authority to create and define marriage, not man and not government. So when we see that God said male and female, you are blessed in marriage. And the word blessed, we talked about it last week, a little recap, is that it, it just, it means that there is great abundance in that which is good. It's good that overflows. It's being great in blessing. It means to be healthy. It means to be happy. And it means to be prosperous. That's what blessed means, right? Prosperous doesn't necessarily always just mean financially. It certainly can, but it doesn't generally just mean financially. You can be blessed if your marriage is filled with joy and it's filled with peace and it's filled with love and it's filled with grace and it's filled with forgiveness and you actually really love and like and you're the closest of friends. Like that's prosperity. That's what that's looking at. That's what God says. This is the picture of marriage that we can have. 
every person in Christ, male and female, born-again believers, can have a marriage that overflows in goodness, that overflows and is great and abundant and healthy, happy, and prosperous, according to God. But guess what? Here's the kick. You ready? Got to do it his way. Now, that doesn't sound that complicated, right? Like, he designed it and created it. He has the authority to call it what it is, do it his way. And God wants us to have this marriage that is blessed, that overflows with goodness, right? Covered that last week, and we got into one of the character traits of a blessed marriage is unity. We must function as one. We must function as one with Christ in the center, with Christ as the head. We function as one. One plus one equals one. That's a husband and wife. Two become one. Talked about that last week. And we ended with a statement, um, for the sake of unity, I, dot, dot, dot. For the sake of unity, I, which means this is what I hope through this series. It is my hope that week by week, man, we're getting better. Week by week, senior, or week by week, singles are just saying, okay, I'm in high school, I'm in college, I'm single, man, or I'm, I'm dating somebody. This is, this is, I need this, man, I want this. But week by week, I want to just absorb this and soak this in because I want to be ready. I want to be ready. I want to be ready. Marriage, there's Jesus Christ, and then there's marriage. There's Jesus Christ, my faith, most important decision you will make in your life. Second most important decision you make is not your career, it is your marriage, who your spouse will be. Careers can change, finances can change, all of these things can change, location can change, house can change. Guess what goes with you? Jesus and your spouse. Most important decision you make after Jesus. We got to get that. So being single in this house, I want you to just say, all in, man, I get it. I'm listening. I want this. I need this. And last week we asked, for the sake of unity, I, dot, dot, dot. And I'm asking, like, what did we do with that this week? Because if you really, really go deep into that, that means if I'm looking for change in my marriage, then I need to change. There has to be a sacrifice of self. Self needs to be sacrificed. So for the sake of I, for the sake of unity, I dot, dot, dot. I did this this week for the sake of unity. Man, I, I let some things go for the sake of unity. I listened for the sake of unity. Like I, I was less about me and more about my spouse for the sake of unity. When they said something, I didn't have to contend it for the sake of unity. I actually agreed for the sake of unity. Man, I listened for the sake of you, like for the sake of unity, I turned off the game. That's, if the Bills are playing, you can do that, right? If the Steelers are playing, all wives are Steeler fans, of course. So they'll be like, honey, why are you turning off the game? Well, for the sake of the unity. Honey, turn it on. Let's go. Like, I'm sure that happens in your house as well. But so when you, when you look at this, for the sake of unity, I dot, dot, dot. Truth is, if you want change, then you change. And you'll find this beautiful place of unity when there's wonderful sacrifice. And today we look at another word. If you want that, that marriage that is God-blessed, if you want that marriage that just overflows with his goodness, if you want that marriage that looks to just to be healthy, happy, and prosperous, that's blessing, then you have to understand that marriage is held in honor. What does it look like when your marriage is honorable? Hebrews 13, 4 says, marriage is to be held in honor among all. And you can turn there. We'll get to that in a minute. We'll look at that. But marriage is to be held in honor among all. For the sake of honor, 
I, dot, dot, dot. Church, this is the deal. I want your marriage, no matter what condition your marriage is. Maybe you're like, Sean, our marriage is on the highest mountain, man. It is in the best shape. Man, I hope. This is, this is what I believe, is when you understand blessing, the, the longer you're married, the better it should get. The longer you're married, the better it should get. Like if people think that their rookie season is the best season they've ever had, they don't really have a good career. If you think, wow, you know, married in the beginning is really great, and then it goes downhill. That's, that's not anywhere in here. Like if you really think I'm really good at this in the beginning, and then it's just downhill from here, how horrible is that if you're married 50 years? <laughs> that would be awful, right? Like your rookie season should never be your best season ever. Right? So when you look at this, and Renee and I have been married for, um, oh my gracious, it's been 29 years. It's amazing. I got, I got it right. 29 years. Bank on that. She's, she's out there. It's 29 years we've been married. And we just had our anniversary, October 16th. And I can tell you, it gets better with age. It gets better when you mature. It gets better when you know one another. But guess what? It takes work and you work at it and you work at it. As you older you get, you work at getting closer. The older you get, the work, you work at getting closer. And that's what a blessed marriage looks like is, man, it gets better as it goes older. And man, when, when you see this, you have to look at the Institute by the authority of God who created marriage and God said it's honorable. God said, and the word honor here, please hear me. The word honor here in Hebrews 13, 4 is something that means of great value, of great price. Something even denoted as priceless. Something of highest value. Do you understand that if you are married, you, you, you need to hold that institute of marriage between a man and a woman in its highest position of value? Do you honor and value your marriage? Well, that shows up in our action. That shows up in our words. That shows up in how we handle ourselves in marriage. That yes, there's, there's me and Jesus, and then there's me and Renee. And what, what we have in, in marriage is we know that it is of the highest value. And listen, please hear me. Please hear me. When you know something is of the highest value, you what? You take care of it. If you have this heirloom diamond that is worth a, a particular price, but to you, because it's an heirloom, and this is beautiful diamond that's been passed down to generation to generation, and this thing is so special, to you, it's priceless. You know its value. You know its worth, and it's priceless. Guess what? You don't treat, like, you don't treat that thing like a copper coin. Right? You treat it because you know its value, and you know its worth, and you take care of it. Is that how we see marriage? Is that how we look to marriage and say, okay, if God says marriage is to be held in this valuable, priceless, of highest value place, do we act like it? Do we talk like it? Do we treat it like it? Do we care for it like it? For the sake of honor. For the sake of value. I. Where's the change going to be? In church, it is my hope, and it is truly my prayer, that we just go inch by inch. If you're married in this place, and you're in a really good place in marriage, or you're married in this place, and you're like, man, we heard this radio ad, and we're just really struggling, or maybe you're watching online. My hope is this, 
Let's make it better this week than it was last week. And I hope last week was better than the week before. My goal in this to just to, to revive a marriage and to restore a marriage, a true marriage that we see there's unity. And then there's this honor and this value to marriage. And we got to unpack this and understand this. And this week, I just want inch by inch, man, I want to get us in a better place than we were. And I want to get us in a better place than we were. And I want to get us in a better place than we were. If your marriage is always going the wrong direction, if it's always getting worse, you're in a really bad place. Your marriage is in a really bad place. Somehow, watch this, somehow there has to be a turning point. Somehow there has to be a switch. Somehow there has to be a decision. Somehow there has to be a choice. So we're done going backwards. Man, let's just make some ground. Let's just take a little bit at a time. Let's just go inch by inch. And let's have a better week than we did last week. And then the next week will be a better week than we did before. And then in six months, you're going, wow, this is actually pretty good. We haven't been in this place in a long time. And if you keep going in that direction, and listen, I'm not saying you can you can save your marriage in just one day. There's a lot of hurt. There's a lot of brokenness. There's been a lot of wrong. There needs to be some deep forgiveness. There has to be grace. You have to function from a level of faith. But it's inch by inch, man. Hey, we're in a better place. Hey, we're in a better place. Hey, I honor, man, I know what it looks to value my marriage. I know what it means to put it in the highest place. There's Jesus, and then there's my marriage, and nothing compares to it. That's valuable, and I need to treat it like it's valuable. I honestly just want inch by inch. I want you to be in a better place this week than you were last week, and I want you to stay on that train. And you're like, wow, there's new hope, and there's restoration. Come on. Hebrews 13, 4. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for this hour. I thank you for this moment. God, I ask you for just a, an anointing and a power to preach this word. It's your word. This is your design plan. God, I'm going to be your spokesperson in this moment right now. God, fill me with your authority and with your power. And God, I pray for every person in this house that we would have eyes to see it today. We'd have ears to hear it today. And God, we would have a heart that says, I need to respond to this. I need to put action to this. God, speak to us today from your word and by your Holy Spirit in this house. In Jesus' name. Come on, amen. Come on, Hebrews 13, verse 4 says this. Marriage is to be held in honor among all. I love that. Marriage, that institute that God defined as a man and a woman together as one. That's marriage. Is to be held. like it, It's like in a position. It's to be held high and above. It's to be held in this beautiful, special place of honor and value and worth and that which is priceless. That's what God says. And then it says this, the marriage bed shall be undefiled. And the word undefiled, it means to be pure. <coughs> you see, I'm going to take this just this simply in this verse, and maybe you've never even heard it this way. But man, I got to talk to the singles a little bit. I want to talk to the, the, the high school kids. I want to talk to the college, the young adults who are in college. I want to talk to the young adults who are outside of college and you're in a career, but you're not married. Like there's so much to this right here that if you're, if, you, if you're taking this in today and say, okay, even before I'm married, I need to understand the value of marriage. Like we've lost this in America. Right, 1867, the U.S. Censory Bureau started to take record of what of those who were being married in the United States of America. 
right? In 2019, 1867 to 2019, three years ago, marriage was at an all-time lowest percent in the history since they've been taking record. Like when you start looking over what's been taking place the last 70, 80 years, you see this serious decline. 70, 80 years ago, 72% or more were married. Now it's less than 50% that are married. The average age of being married was 20 for a woman, 22 for a man. Marrying young and getting into life, knowing it's about me and you. And now today's day is 26 to 27 for the woman, and it's 29 to 30 for the man going, ah, my career has got to come first. No, I got to do this first. I don't really want to be tied down. I don't really think it's that important. Please hear me. If you are single in this place, I want you to start putting your sights in an understanding of the Bible and what God says about marriage, that it matters. It, please hear me. It matters now that you start holding marriage in this place of value, that it's precious and that it's valuable and that it's priceless. And if I act like it now when I'm single, it will change how I function now. Because I'm about to share some things with you, young people. You're not going to hear this in college unless you go to a strong Christian college. You're not going to hear this in school. You're not going to hear this at home unless you come from a strong Christian home. You're certainly not going to hear this on the football field or the basketball court or the soccer field or the volleyball court. You're not going to hear this amongst most of your friends. You should be hearing this in church. Marriage is to be held in honor among all. And the marriage bed is undefiled. That means pure. Isn't it amazing that honor of marriage is tied to the bedroom? The verse continues, it says, for fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. For fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. Now listen, please hear me. This isn't, this isn't hammering on, on fornication. This isn't hammering on adultery. This isn't even the sex talk to marriage, right? Sometimes we do that. I'm not even sure if that's going to make it in the message series this year. But this is, this is about where God puts right in the middle of Hebrews 13, 4. says marriage is this priceless institution of a male and a female, this priceless, authoritative, what God has given us between a man and a wife. And he says the marriage bed in that honorable marriage is undefiled, man. Marriage bed is pure. Like God created sex and God created intimacy and it's beautiful and it's wonderful and it's special. He created our bodies to function in a very particular way between a man and a woman and it's incredible, but it's a privilege to those who are married and it's honorable. It's held into a special place called marriage. It's a privilege. First uh, Corinthians 7 says it's a priority between a male and a female. And isn't it amazing that you read this and you try to see this and say, okay, God, you said that, that sex in marriage is, is that. When I know that, that marriage is honorable and priceless and valuable, man, my bed needs to be pure. But in that, something that you created and said be fruitful and multiply, something you created our bodies for is amazing and beautiful and a privilege and a priority. At the same time, you say you're going to judge it. You see, when you're single and you don't really understand that marriage is in this special place of highest value and worth, I need you to start to think that way. 
because fornication is the word pornos, which is where we get pornography, which is a, a wide version of that is immorality. And that's just simply sex before marriage. And that's man on man, woman on woman. That's male with female, sex before marriage. It's immorality. Outside of marriage, you're missing the understanding of the value of marriage. Listen, this isn't for anything in a sense of if you're past that point already and you're single, God loves you. There's forgiveness. There's grace. And God has an amazing plan for your marriage. Know that. But it is so my heart to try to teach something that needs to be taught because you're not going to hear it anywhere else. You should be hearing this in church. You should be hearing this from godly parents. And I hope that you are, and I believe that you are. But when I see this, maybe you've not seen it like this in this verse, but if I know as a single man or woman, if I know that, if I, if I know that marriage is this beautiful, beautiful male and female that is so valuable and so priceless, if I know that going in, and the thing that can taint that is fornication and adultery. Adultery is if you're married and you're screwing around, God's going to judge that. Like there, there might be a couple reasons for adultery. One of them being, you don't know the value of marriage. You do not, and you never did, held your marriage to this highest value. And God says, you'll be judged. So just what if? What if as, as a young person, what if it, as a high school, or what is it as a college student, or what is it if you're beyond that, and you, you've walked in this beautiful way of purity, and you've got it, man, you understood it, like, no, wait a minute, I was taught at a young age that that right there, that intimacy, that beauty, that's, that's saved for marriage, and it's something beautiful, and it's something God designed, and it's wonderful, but, it, but it's a privilege to those who are married, because that's, that's a sign that I understand the value of marriage. See, something that helped me, I was in a, an amazing godly home and was taught this. But something that really helped me is, is a, a young lady named Amy Grant. She was young about 30-some years ago. You may know her as Amy Grant. Like, she's been around for a very, very long time. Mom and dad had her. She was great in the bookstore. She, their thing called cassettes. I don't know if you even know what cassettes are anymore, right? They were cassettes. And then it was a big deal because the round things came out called CDs. And those were huge, right? The discs were amazing. Um, and, she, and I, and, and I kind of got just listening to Amy Grant, and she gave an interview once, and she talked about purity, and it just it did something to me. It really helped me. And she made something so clear. She says, your virginity is a one-time gift. That's it. When it's gone, it can never be given again. And it's meant for one person, your husband or your wife. And man, I heard that. And man, I held on to that. That spoke to me. That helped me. And say, listen, I can give chocolates and I, I can give flowers and I can give gifts and I can give jewelry and I can receive gifts and it's amazing. And yay, high five, we're dating. Ooh, this is great. So kind. You're wonderful. You're beautiful. Like, it's great. We have these other things. But there was one gift that you save for marriage that you can only give once. And that's your purity. I save this for you. I know the value of marriage. I know the worth of marriage. I know that marriage is priceless. And because I know that, I saved this one gift only for you. I've never given it to another person. And I can only give it once. Because the Bible says marriage is to be held in honor among all. 
And the marriage bed is to be pure. And that's why I saved myself for you. And if you're single in this place, I encourage you to dig into this and say, no, I got to make a decision here even today, this morning. I need, I need to make a decision. Don't wait a minute. No, 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 no. That's, that's a one-time gift. And I don't care what people think. I don't care what people say. I don't care if the sex-free society we live in. I don't give a flip what anyone else thinks. I know the value of marriage, and I don't want to taint that. I want to be able to tell that girlfriend. I need to be able to tell my boyfriend one day when we really get serious and we're starting to be engaged and we've walked in a pure way, say, listen, listen, I want you to know that I understand the value of marriage and a huge piece to that is that we walk into the bedroom pure. All right here in Hebrews 13, 4. See, the world wants you to get loose and that's just the enemy. Colleges are teaching this. High schools are handing out condoms. So where else are you going to hear this? I do hope that it is a Christian homes and families that are saying, hey, this is what the Bible says. Please hear it. Man, you need, and again, you need to hold honor in, a, in the highest place of value. I honor marriage. It's of the greatest value. And when, when, when it speaks of priorities, Right when you say okay uh, to the married couples, like okay we're married, and and yes there is there is Jesus first, and I am born again, and I am saved, and I get it, man, my faith is strong, and I and I get it, like Jesus always has to be first. Jesus is first, but then what happens when you're like okay, um, a, a a distant second is is marriage. But I would say this, it's always just Jesus, so let's just put marriage first. Like, Jesus has to be first. As a husband, he has to be first. As a wife, he has to be first. As a child, he has to be first. As a parent, Jesus has to be first. That means I'm going to do my responsibility and my role as a husband first to Jesus, whether Renee's doing it or not. And she does her part. She's an honorable, amazing, respectful, submissive wife. She's incredible, right? But if she's not doing her part, I still have to do my part because Jesus is first and I do it unto him. If I'm not doing my part, I'm not loving her like Christ loved the church and I'm not following through with nurturing her and maturing her and, and understanding her and honoring her. If I'm not doing my part, she's still going to do her part because she does it to Jesus first. So yes, Jesus first. Get it? What happens when we see God's design plan for marriage is of the highest, of the highest value? That means it's the priority. What has gotten in the way of your marriage? Golf. Wives are like elbowing their husband like, are you listening right now? I got yelled at after the first service for that one. Like, I got eyes of glaring at me. Is it the children? Did they become a priority? You're not married to your kids. We have three wonderful kids we have two wonderful, uh, we have a wonderful daughter-in-law and a wonderful son-in-law. And we have three incredible kids. So we've got three plus two. And God has truly blessed our house. And our kids know, listen, we love you. And we will teach you and train you and support you and provide for you and love you and do everything we can do to get you to the place of being an adult. And then we want great friendship and relationship after that and go together and grow closer together as we get older as, as sons and daughters and grandkids and, and in-laws. And, it's just, and it's, just, it's just wonderful. But they knew growing up, like it's me and Renee. 
And then it's you guys. It's Renee and I. We're going on date night. Good luck. Cereal's in the cupboard. Sean's cooking tonight. Cereal. It's good. Like they knew. And if you can't do date night, it's date lunch. Whatever it looks like. Like so many times I see as I coach people, so many times I see that the kids became the priority. They got married to their kids and they forgot about one another. When, please hear me, it's Jesus, it's your spouse, it's then your children, it's then your work, and then it's your church. You do those top five priorities, you will be in a really great place. Most, and I say most, of my marriage coaching is because priorities got out of whack. You forgot that Jesus was first. You, you don't know the value of marriage. You became married to your children. And in that, man, we, Renee and I, we tried to do so well by our kids and just to, to show them the example of a good home and show them the example of a husband and a wife. Show them the example of when you get married, you're not married to your children. One day you're going to have kids and they can't be the priority over your marriage. So many times you get married to your kids and you forget about your spouse. And you're like, your name again? Like, we haven't connected in so long. See what happens when you say, okay, honor means value and it means of the highest value. And this is my marriage, me and Renee. Like, what's gotten in the way? What, what does it look like of marriage being in that highest place in your house. You know it. The children know it. Anyone who knows you know it. Like, what does that look like for you? So let me ask you, like, for the sake of honor, I, what is it that has gotten in the way that you would say, man, we, we were doing really good and things were great, and then all of a sudden, it could be an outside influence. It could be somebody else coming in with a voice that seems great, but they turn out to be not so great. It could be, it could be a lot of different things. It could be social media. You just soak your time on social media. It could be all of these different things that have now gotten in the way and taken away from one of the highest priorities. What screams priority? What screams value? It's a word called time. How much time do you spend with your spouse? Quality and quantity time. I'm like, hey, honey, come on. Just come sit down. I did this last night. Honey, come on. Come sit down with me. And let's watch. Let's watch. Come watch what we're watching on TV. She's like, I am not watching the bad guys get shot by the good guys. I'm like, it's a great ending. She's like, that's not my stuff. I'm like, all right, we'll turn on a football game. So I wanted to watch football. And then when football is over, I'm just, for some reason, I'm into volleyball. Now, I've been going to, like, portable volleyball team. They are unbelievable. They just, we watched the girls volleyball. They crushed it. Absolutely dominated on Friday. They were amazing. Poor girls, they could be unstoppable. They crushed it. The Oswego Valley girls, we've been going to their games. We have several of those girls that come to this church pumped about them. They're crushing it. They just won yesterday. So I'm kind of in his like volleyball mode. I'm like, hey, look, Purdue is playing Penn State and it's 15 verse 16. Honey, let's watch some volleyball. Like I'm just like, 
like, let's just relax and watch some volleyball. And, and you know, she didn't. I don't know why. It, was, it wasn't a Hallmark moment for me. I'm like, Hallmark is always the same. They always dress in red. You know, you leave the big city to date, you know, to go to your old hometown. And the boyfriend at the city dumped you. And then your old boyfriend just got divorced. And it's just like, am I right? Like, that's Hallmark, right? And they always end up together with a Christmas tree. That's good for you. Then Renee loves it. And I'm like, ah, sacrifice. <laughs> Amazing. Dad, so do you. I know. He was like, Sean, want to come watch Hallmark? No, Dad. Um, but seriously, though, what does it look like to say what has gotten in the way? How have our priorities shifted? How come we're not spending the time that we need to together? Like the kids can truly be a good scapegoat. Well, I need to spend time with the kids, or I need to do this, or I need to do that. We're in such a great place in our family. I love older kids, and I love where my kids are living their life now. I've got two of them wonderfully married to wonderful people who love Jesus, and they're living great lives. But, man, it's great. Now that we grow older, we need to grow closer in a different type of relationship, which is beautiful. Why? Because I, I, I want to make sure that we keep priority, Renee and I, and I want them to make sure their priority is, is their spouse and their husband. And, and I, love, I love where we got my man, Ethan. And uh, he, he's the final one at home. And he's probably going to just have a blast with mom and dad. We're going to finish strong with E-Man. And we're going to see him develop into a, a man who's going to have an amazing wife one day. But he knows mom and dad are going on date night. And he's a great cook. He made us actually steak last night. He killed it. Made us steak. Unbelievable. And I don't have to give him cereal because he'll bust out the steak and the chicken and make some gourmet meal. And Renee's like, we could have stayed home for that. I'm like, honey, I am the priority. We don't, I'll stop. <laughs> but we, we have fun today. But the question is, what has gotten in the way? What has gotten in the way? It is Jesus. And then I need to rearrange because my marriage has to be of the highest value. And we need to treat it that way. When you know something's value, you treat it like it's valuable. Come on, let's look at 1 Peter chapter 3, please. 1 Peter chapter 3. And this is a word to the husbands. We're going to talk to the husbands for a couple minutes here. And, and, and when we see the husbands have to understand what the Bible says about honoring marriage and honoring your wife. Honoring marriage and honoring your wife. Because 1 Peter 3, uh, 7, it screams. We, we were in 1 Peter 3 last week. We went back one, 1 Peter 3, 7. It screams something to us men of, of truth. Watch this, about how much God really cares on how we treat our wives. It matters to God. Hear me, men. It matters to God how you treat your wife. If you are dating, if you're a dude and you're dating a girl and you're like, okay, I really like her, like it matters how you treat her. It matters how you treat her. And here, the first Peter 3, 7 gives us this amazing picture of what it really matters to God and how I treat Renee. And, 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 and that is something that if that sinks in today, 
Men, if you get this in your husband and you would say, okay, it does really matter. It matters to God Almighty. If I claim it to be a Christian and I claim that I love Jesus and I really say Jesus is first, then let this sink into you. It matters to the Lord on how you treat your spouse. It matters to the Lord in your language. It matters to the Lord in your tone. It matters to the Lord if you're gentle or harsh. It matters to the Lord if you understand what it means to honor her and value her and put her in this high place of who she is because it matters to God who she is to you and how you treat her. Watch this. Come on. First Peter 3, 7 says this, you husbands in the same way, live with your wives in an understanding way as with someone weaker. That's talking about physical strength as with someone weaker since she is a woman and show her honor, show her honor. Honor is proven. Honor is proven. She should not have to guess if you value her. Does your husband value you? I don't really know. Then that's a no. Show her honor. And it is this word that means highest value. Gentlemen, you need to honor your wives. Because there's a consequence if you do not. 1 Peter 3, 7. Show her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life so that your prayers will not be hindered. You can pray and you can pray and you can pray and you can pray and you can pray. And if you show no honor to your wife, God is like, really? Do you not understand marriage? Do you not understand that place of honor and value that I've placed on marriage? Do you not understand the place of honor and value that I've placed on your wife? I can't hear your prayers. Ever feel like as a man, your prayers are just being hindered and they're just not going past the ceiling. And you're like, what is going on? I encourage you to come back to this place. Say, have I dishonored my wife? Does she know her value? Does she know her worth? Does she know that I know that she is priceless? This is what God says. Hey, Sean, listen, if you don't honor Renee, I can't hear you. I don't care if you're a pastor. I don't care how long you've been saved. I don't care how long you've been in the church. I don't care what your family life was like. I don't care about your parents or your grandparents. I don't care about the history of pastors in your life. Sean, this is the deal. I can't hear you because you don't honor your wife. That's huge. That's huge. That Listen, the big deal is this, and we've got to look at as for honor, because of honor, I. We got to know, okay, God is serious that we hold marriage in a place that is valued. And we act like it's valuable. And then when it comes to our precious brides, God's daughters, they belong to him. If you don't honor her, and if you don't value her, Sean, I can't hear your prayers. That's not positional. That's not financial. That's not historical. That's marriage. If you don't show your wife honor, because that's where God places it. He's like, 
You don't get it. You don't get it. I can't hear you. Get on your knees. Start yelling louder. Start walking around. Listen, I love to do laps. In my kitchen, I'm, I'm lapping in the morning. And here, I lap through here at, at times when I pray. That could just be a show if I'm not honoring Renee. That's me. Like that, I believe this for me. I keep Renee's honor close to my chest because, God, I want you to hear me. God, I want you to move. God, I'm asking you for lives. I'm asking you, God, that people turn to you. God, I want my family blessed. I want my children blessed. I want their marriages blessed. But God's like, Sean, if you don't honor Renee, I can't hear you. You're hindering this work. Sean, you're hindering your family. Ah, that's how big this is. That's how big one verse is. Gentlemen, I dare you to do this. This is huge. I dare you to have a very real conversation with your wife. And ask her a simple question. Honey, when we're in the privacy of our home, honey, when we're in public, Honey, when we're in front of our kids, do you feel honored? And then just shut up and listen. Because that could be the moment that everything changes for you. That could be the moment wife was like, finally. And girl, if you get that opportunity, have grace. Let your speech always be with grace. If you have that opportunity, if you load both ends of that shotgun and you let it rip, your man's just going to shut down. He'd be like, wow, that was, that pastor was wrong. That was a bad idea. But if you take it for what it is and if your man really comes to you because he wants God to hear him and he wants to know that, that, that you know, man, you are of my highest value and I haven't acted like it, but honey, in privacy, in public, and in front of our children, have you felt honored? And then just listen and let her talk. That could be the moment. But for the sake of honor, I changed. I listened. And I changed. Proverbs 31:10. An excellent wife who can find for her worth as far above jewels. Beautiful thing about Proverbs 31:10, it was written from a mom to her son who was the king. And her mom says, son, listen, you got all the jewels in the kingdom. All the diamonds, all the rubies, all the topaz, all the pearls. You got them all. Big ones, large ones, biggest ones, they belong to you. All the jewels of the kingdom are yours. But son, listen to me. Put this thing in right place. An excellent wife, she's rare. Her value, her worth, is more important than all the jewels of the kingdom. 
could you imagine the son just sitting down going, oh, the, even the diamonds, like all the diamonds, all the gold, like all this, like that's how much value that excellent wife had. That, that's her worth? More than all of that? Where is the place of honor in your marriage? Do we look at our marriage and say, we need to act like this is of the highest value? My marriage to Renee is priceless. And we fight like mad to never allow anything to interfere. At times, yes, things creep in, but we kick them out quick. We remove them quick. At times, seeds get planted. You need to be a professional seed plucker. The enemy hates it, and he tries to get in there. And we're real quick, in Jesus' name, to pluck anything that's trying to disrupt my house. Because we see marriage as something that is priceless. I see Renee as someone who is priceless. She belongs to God first. And the Lord had opened that door for me 29 years ago. And she said yes to this dude. And she is of my highest prize. In a sense, don't mean prize as like possession. I mean of highest value. She's priceless. Man, I want that so badly for you. I want that. I want you to know that as one who's single. Act like it now. Act like it now. That you know the value of marriage one day. And it shows up in your decision making. It shows up in your no. It shows up in that's not me. It shows up in that I don't care what the world's doing. That's not me. I hold marriage to the highest value. Yeah, but so do I. No, actually you don't because... Ha, you go right back to Proverbs 13, 4 and read it to them and they'll be like, what are you, what? No, this is where I'm at. Like, when you say no, it starts now. It starts today. Come on, if we could stand to our feet, please.